the show, Five Shark Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. Before we get into it, become part of the notification squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button on YouTube. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly, and yes, we have some rumors and some new MLS rules, and of course, a new MLS Cup winner with some familiar faces on it. And uh, before we get into all of that, uh, just a reminder uh, that you can join us on the Patreon, get in on the grassroots level, and help us out. Uh, we have Gavin Marshall, Jordan Beck, Nal Faruqi, Andrew Wicke, and Chris James, who are some of our loyal supporters who have helped us on the Patreon. So go ahead and join that if you haven't already. As well, uh, remember to subscribe here if uh, you are new because we are trying to get to 10,000 subs. And so every little bit helps if you are not subscribed, which the YouTube algorithm says many of you that are watching are not. Well, then go ahead and do it. We uh, post videos every week and we also have a whole bunch of fun stuff coming up very soon. But anyway, so uh, getting into the news from this offseason, it is officially the offseason now. MLS pl Cup playoffs are over, and there is the champion, of course, the Columbus Crew. And those familiar faces are Darlington Nagby and Julian Gressel, who, boy, I mean, didn't we call it? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's just, uh, unfortunately, it sucks to be right, but... You know, it broke a lot of brackets in our Discord channel, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, congrats to, to Niall for, for winning it in there, but it is, man, shoot, like, losing to the eventual cup winners ain't too bad. It's, uh, it's not the worst thing that could have happened. It makes us look better to a degree, but uh, yeah, they just looked that good when they played us in uh, September. And uh, it was, man, <laughs> you just, uh, you had this feeling that they put together a winning team, and they absolutely did. And Darlington Nagby now has four MLS Cups. I mean, jeez. Oh, like, uh, the, the real question is, is Darlington Nagby the best ever MLS player? I think there's an argument for him. But what do you think? Um... Because I don't really have a lot of, uh, like, other, um, you know, uh, dogs in the race or dogs in the fight in this, um, I, I'll go with Darlington Agby pretty easily then. Because, um, you know, there's, there's no one else who I'm thinking, like, oh, I definitely would want him to be the best ever. Um, I mean, there's some, like, exciting players. You know, you have Zlatan who was exciting. Um, you know, Jose Martinez, obviously very exciting to watch. Um, but... You know, does Jose Martinez have four cups? No, yeah. but Jose Martinez does have some uh, accolades, you know, uh, that accompany him everywhere he goes. Not necessarily Darlington does because, you know, that's just not his position. I don't know. I think maybe they should have, you know, like awards uh, for uh, defensive mids and center mids, <laughs> but they don't really. So um, I don't know. I mean, it is there an argument? Yeah, probably, but like you just have to really compare position to position, um, and it's it's hard to do that. Like, how do you say, you know, this guy's a striker, he's the best to ever be in the league, versus a you know defensive mid? It's like 
they just do such different things for teams um you know and then the publicity they get are just wildly different but i would say and a lot of people who pay attention would probably say the same darlington nagby is a sneaky engine for any team who wants to have a chance at winning the championship it's that it's like you know how many teams uh fare much worse after he leaves uh there is a bit of that and um you know definitely portland has gone through some dredges now and uh we clearly have as well and uh you know obviously we were still kind of good uh the year before and you know definitely not the year after but uh but it is you know ultimately uh yeah you have maybe the likes of uh maybe a landon donovan you know you have uh you know some other multiple cup winners but i mean just for him to do it on both coasts on multiple teams and you know that that's just the the crux of it like he he might be like i don't know we could say definitively but uh it's hard to hard to not say nagby at the moment freshest in memory that's for sure is but, he the best to ever played his position i think so in mls yeah for sure i mean Obviously not a big, big goal scorer, but a player that just runs the game for you. And it's clear that, you know, if you don't have him, he's super hard to replace. That much is clear. The value of having a DP level player at that position is just on display every single time he moves to a new team. And people still don't think, oh, maybe we shouldn't, you know, they still don't get around to thinking we should invest in that position. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need somebody to run the game for you, and that's that's what he does. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. That's, uh, yeah, if there was anybody that uh, I think I was okay with winning, it was the Columbus crew. And so, you know, I feel not as bad to a degree, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, moving on from that, uh, basically, as well, we will return to Magic City. Not that Magic City, uh, but the one in Alabama and Birmingham Legion. Uh, yeah, we will be playing in their home grounds uh, January 27th at Protective Stadium. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we already know one of our friendlies. That's interesting. Like, but, I mean, we always knew. We always yeah. knew we were going back to Birmingham. Right. It's uh yeah, there's a little bit of a little rivalry as well uh between us and because them. Because we haven't done so hot against them yeah, lately. Exactly. <laughs> like it's uh every time we play in the preseason it's like like yeah, we we should be doing better than this against a uh against a USL side, but alas, uh yeah, I mean, I, it's always I think a fun friendly as well in terms of uh an away day. So, you know, lots of our fans can uh, get over there and make it, yeah, you know, kind of a, a proper kind of, uh, you know, almost it feels like Europe. It feels like South America where you can actually have fans from both sides. And it's a little bit of a back and forth, you know, kind of like uh, when Club America played, you know, at our stadium as well. It was uh, a little bit of half and half. So, you know, definitely very very uh cool i think it was more of a home team advantage for club america 
Yeah, probably, but yeah, it's pr probably being generous uh, to Atlanta United. Uh, yeah, we we probably sold way too many tickets to uh, you know Club America fans, but also some Club America fans are also Atlanta United fans, and they have more allegiance to the club that they you know supported first. So, but uh, but yeah, moving on from that into the transfer rumors, and first one is from Tom Bogert of the Athletic. Uh, talking about Miles Robinson, and he was visiting FC Cincinnati on the first day of free agency on uh, Wednesday, twelve uh, thirteenth. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely weird because I think a lot of fans did not take that news well. Uh, <laughs> they are expecting him to go to Europe. Uh, they are not expecting him to go to another MLS club. We are currently the only MLS club that can pay him a DP deal, but as well, uh, you know, other teams can still put up a pretty big bid into uh, a pretty good salary. And yeah, I mean, to the Supporter Shield winners, I mean, there's definitely worse clubs to go to, but uh, I don't think as many fans would be rooting for Miles Robinson after that. They would be kind of salty. But, uh, yeah, how are you feeling about this news? When you see um, legendary club heroes go to play for a interconference team, that's always tough. It was tough when Joseph did it. You know, it's tough when other teams in our conference have players like you know, Nagby and Gressel there, and also on Cincinnati, you have Brandon Vasquez. So it's it's tough seeing that happen. Um, prefer them to a minimum go to the West Coast, uh, but doesn't seem to be the case many times. Um, but preferably, I'd love to see Miles in Europe because I think that's the best way for him to develop his game and to be more of a, a weapon, an instrument for the United States men's national team going forward. Yeah, because, you know, uh, in terms of PSV Eindhoven, uh, the Eredivisie club. Uh, you mean you mean United States Men's National Team version pretty 2? Much, pretty much, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, lots of American players over there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, to be fair, they, they're they in the Champions League and they're a pretty tough side, too. Uh, it would be a good landing spot for him, but uh, obviously the transfer window has not opened up yet. And so there is a bit of that, that, uh, you know, in terms of Europe that, uh, yeah, I mean, weigh your options if you're Miles Robinson and, you know, get courted. But, uh, yeah. Do you ultimately see him staying in MLS or do you see him going to Europe? And I saw him going to Europe. I just don't, I, it really kind of blindsided me with the Cincinnati talk. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just a little surprised. I was hoping something would just come through for him because I want to see him succeed, like I said. But, like, yeah, it was a big surprise. Um, I still expect him to go to Europe, and I'm hoping for that. But now this has made me kind of second-guess it, and I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, my preference is obviously, yeah. He, he should go to Europe. Uh, he would be wasting his prime probably if uh if he did just go elsewhere in mls uh it seems just kind of a uh, frivolous a lateral endeavor. Move. yeah exactly and 
I think he can and would get interest in Europe, even if it's not as a starter. I think you at least have to scratch that itch and see how far you can get. Try to win a spot. Try to, you know, um, earn uh, your stripes, essentially, more or less. But, uh, but speaking of FC Cincy, apparently, according to Cesar Greco uh, and uh, Diego Firmino, uh, yeah, it's Cincinnati, Atlanta, and FC Dallas that are interested in a familiar name in midfielder Eduard Atuesta. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it's definitely very interesting because uh, uh, they're saying for MLS uh, Palmeiras, uh, the uh, club that he's at right now, only accepts it it's if it's a permanent transfer. But, yeah, you know, I don't know if I trust the rumor as well, uh, but it is... A name that we have, uh, of course, been linked with in the past. But three names in MLS, that's the fishy part. Because we have discovery rights over here. And so there's only one club that should actually be, you know, have the uh, the interest in him. Uh, kind of like when Diego Rossi and, uh, you know, LA United and Columbus Crew were all uh, linked together. But it's like, okay, well, there's only one club that actually has the rights. And it turned out to actually kind of be a little bit of both where we had his dis discovery rights and we sold them off so that Columbus crew could actually get them. But yeah, it's curious who has Atuesta's discovery rights. But I mean, in terms of Atuesta, uh, do you think it's still a, an attractive player that we should bring in? I mean, it's, it depends. And I'm hoping that Atlanta's scouting department is on their a game because this can be a tricky one uh, if we're serious about pursuing this player. Um, he's coming off of an injury, I've heard, a kind of serious one, and he's been working himself back into playing in Pal with Palmyris. And um, so he ha he's not—he's still like a little bit rusty there. He hasn't really gotten back to his normal state. Um, and who knows how much of a lingering injury that could be for the future. Uh, he's still like you know relatively you know like middle-aged in terms of soccer playing years um i think like 26 if i had if i remember correctly um so not too old i mean that's kind of around where garth likes to get players at um so that kind of fits there i mean if you look at this guy's you know setup, the way he plays where he plays how he plays it would fit pretty nicely with atlanta i mean with like a pairing where he's the six tristan's the eight um that could be pretty pretty damaging that could be pretty awesome to see so i would like to see something like that if it's not at duesta something like that um at duesta would probably i mean so if you look at his market value i think he was up at five million but i don't think i don't think you're gonna i don't think belmiris has the standing to really command that amount of money from someone um but you know it is, it is what his market value says if you know we're talking about five million that's already in the dp range um are we gonna do you know are we gonna pull a trigger on a dp in that position i've always wanted to have a dp in um if it's not at tuesta i hope it's someone um and again it's got to be on the scouting department and can, they can determine whether or not you know this guy's gonna have a potentially lingering injury that could stop him from you know, having an immediate impact in our next 
season or two. Um, it would suck to invest in a guy like that, and then, you know, he never kind of really works his way back. So, um, it's a it's an exciting prospect because it seems to me that we're looking to do the thing I've always wanted us to do, which is find a DP for that spot. So, you know, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that they're going to land something like that in the offseason. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, there is that aspect too, where uh, it's where the type of player he is. Well, it's possible that he doesn't require a uh, a DP spot, and if it if not, fantastic. Uh, he's a player with MLS, uh, you know, street cred, I guess in that sense. And uh, yeah, of course, he's a veteran uh, of having played in this league, and so yeah, definitely that would be a good thing. That would be. Yeah, a pretty, I think, inspired pick. Uh, you know, when we have been linked to him in the past, I think it made sense. But obviously off of this injury, some question marks, that might take down the transfer fee a little bit if, uh, if it came down to that. But uh, yeah, definitely very, very intriguing of a rumor. And, uh, you know. But hopefully... just a rumor. Not a lot to it yet. We'll have to see. Right. Uh, just a little bit of smoke, but uh, something that's not smoke is Josh Cohen. There was a bit of a rumor before he came, uh, and you know, of course, as well, there was the bit of a uh, almost a lawsuit to a degree where, uh, yeah, he there's a complaint filed against us for apparently holding him back from uh, allowing him to sign in the summer with any team in MLS, but. Uh, yeah, you know, those darn discovery rights, but we got our man, Josh Cohen, uh, American free agent goalkeeper. He is now a five stripe and he will be so through the 2025 season with an option for 2026. So, uh, you know, pretty much, uh, possibly three years, uh, but Cohen, he most recently played for Maccabi Haifa in the Israeli Premier League and, uh, they won three consecutive league titles there. He was named the 2020-2021 Israeli Premier League Player of the Season and made six appearances in the UEFA Champions League uh, in the 2022-2023 season. So, Cosmo uh, Konecker, he mentioned, uh, Josh is someone with a unique career path who has backed himself at every step of his journey. He has shown the ability to compete at the highest level in Europa League and Champions League. We're pleased to welcome Josh to the club and look forward to him coming in and competing within our goalkeeping group, which is very interesting there. I mean, he's 31 years old, 6'1 goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously, Brad Guzan, 39. He has an option, and we're waiting to see if he actually is going to, you know, uh, take it up and join this goalkeeping group. Uh, but, yeah, to kind of get this guy who by all accounts is not going to be a DP uh, you know probably make into the hundreds of thousands but also provide like we were mentioning in other episodes that competition at goalkeeper it seemed like that's kind of the route that we were going to go with and yeah you know have have a guy that uh, can learn from the likes of a very seasoned player like Braggazian Maybe not the bad, uh, maybe not the worst thing, especially if he's not maybe playing the most. But also, yeah, he's a type of player that seems like shot stopping is a uh, a good ability of his, and 
you know, can stop a penalty, which is really good <laughs> when we really need it sometimes. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Josh Cohen and him officially being a five strike? Well, first of all, welcome, Josh. Welcome to the team. We're excited to see what you have for us. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, let's be real. The Israeli league is not very competitive. Uh, I think they have, they're pretty top heavy with like maybe two, possibly three teams that pretty much win all the time. Um, and you know, his team is one of them. Um, yeah, you can do really well <laughs> as a goal as a goaltender on a top team against not that great of opposition can get a lot of clean sheets you can do uh, a lot of stat you know pat uh, stat padding and things like that um so i don't know if this guy's a paper tiger or not i mean you know when you put him in you know european competition you know and the uh, like you mentioned the uh, champions league or europa league and stuff like that he because their team is not just it's just not that good um comparatively i mean i mean no none of the mls teams are going to do well in those tournaments either so there's that for reference but i do think the mls is a is a uh, cut above uh the israeli premier league and so it'll it'll it remains to be seen if he can really strike out here um as a as bocas is a unique talent or a unique uh career trajectory for him um so yeah um i'm a, i'm cautiously optimistic with him he's younger he's spry he can get to the balls he needs to get to he's got sh stop he's got shot stopping power um you got all the things for the recipe to make a good goalkeeper and honestly, from what Brad was cooking with, I feel like it's going to be a step up and that's great and all. Is he going to be like a, you know, an MLS goalkeeper that's everyone knows the name of like a Sean Johnson, you know, um, oh my God, what's the guy's name on Philadelphia? Anyway, you know what I mean? The, uh, yep. the guys who stand like Galece, like those types of players who everyone yeah, like knows their name, crep out, like, you know, the guys, everyone's the guys who are just like, ah, we got to go up against him today, you know? Yeah. So like, hopefully he becomes one of those household names like that. But I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's balance of probability probably says he won't, but I think he's going to be at least good enough to, you know, be the difference maker in some of the games. Whereas unfortunately, Brad was not able to do that. So it'll be a boon, definitely. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. I just really hope he develops into like a, everyone knows this guy's name, but it's like Yakimakis, right? Everyone learned his name real fast. So well, hopefully it'll be something similar like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a, an intriguing, uh, transfer and, uh, you know, in terms of signing and it's just something that, uh, you know, the, the type of player, um, Obviously, he didn't play in the Premier League like uh, Brad Guzan. Um, I would say, you know, as well though. Obviously, uh, Brad Guzan didn't play in the you know the Champions League, didn't play in the Europa League either. Um, you know, but Brad Guzan was part of the U.S. Men's National Team for a really long time, and uh, Josh Cohen, you know, uh, kind of peripheral. Good point. Yeah. You know, he's got some 
experience there, but not a ton. And he I went think to one camp, I think. He's never had an appearance for the United States. He's only been to one camp. Yeah, and so definitely, you know, uh, as well, Braggersand, he came here around the same age. And, um, you know, it's definitely, you know, I, I think it's a player that has intrigue. I don't know if he will truly be maybe better than Braguzan at his peak for us, but I think that, that's hard. That's yeah. hard to do for anyone. I mean, Brad right. was like a cut above from yeah. most goalkeepers. So. Yeah. And for obvious reasons now, uh, you know, he isn't. And Josh uh, could be a player that at least can provide some stops when we really need it. And that hasn't, been happening obviously and that's why uh yeah alluding to the mailbag yeah we'll have a bunch of questions regards to all this so we won't you know sit on this too long so but uh yeah so let's move on uh to some new mls rules that mls came out with and uh the board of governors met on thursday they announced the following new sporting and competition initiatives that will be uh, implemented ahead of the 2024 MLS season. Uh, I w won't go really, really uh, deep dive into it, but uh, some of them being the off-field treatment rule, uh, as well as the timed substitution rule, in-stadium VAR announcements, uh, stoppage time clock, return to play equity, and uh, some also some roster and budget guideline updates, uh, including a reduction of the discovery slots like we were talking about earlier uh, from 7 to 5. So that will allow for a little bit more where, yeah, you get those rumors of, uh, say, Atuesta, and it'll make a little bit more sense. It's like, okay, well, that might be possible now. but um, And as well, some uh, TAM eligibility parameters, but uh, yeah, uh, the commissioner did mention that there is not going to be a fourth DP. So, uh, boo, but also, uh, I guess, yeah, it'll be really, really interesting. I, I think there's something that you tweeted that I feel like is, uh, pretty apropos and, uh, pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, if you want to, you know, say that right now, cause I think it's man, like that's, yeah, uh, so it's funny <laughs> when David Beckham joined the league, it was revolutionary. I mean, they added the four, you know, they added all the DPs, changed things pretty immensely. Um, when Lionel Messi joined the league, they just made it so you got to hustle off the field a little bit faster. It's Big just, deal. Best right. player in the world versus a guy who's, yeah, a great player, but not the best player to have ever played the game. So, and would command just an insane amount of eyeballs and money. Like, this is this is the evolution you go through after bringing him on board versus when you've been you've had such a massive evolution with a i mean let's be real a a less significant player i mean beckham was significant sure of course obviously i'm not saying he wasn't i'm saying that he's just less significant than messi because everyone basically is so like it's it, it kind of blew me away that we're not using this as a flashpoint an opportunity to really you know, burst some, some things open and be like, okay, let's take the training wheels off finally and let us go, you know? Some teams are ready to go. Clearly this has to do a little bit, some of the commentary in line is about this is kind of more um, 
uh, conservative and um, not want like risk adverse owners in the league kind of holding things back because a lot of them are kind of on the panels and the uh, the councils that are in charge of making some of these decisions. You know, I'm not going to really comment on that stuff too much. Um, but if that is just plain and simply what's going on, obviously that's bad. We need to get some movement there so we have more ambitious leadership. Um, now, <laughs> um, the uh, the rules that were implemented, um, I think are generally, you know, the gameplay rules, I think are generally improvements and good. I'm glad that they're there. Um, but like I said, the negative and the talking points of, ever, of all this really came down to there not being an added fourth DP or, um, you know, a larger cap space and things like that. I think that's just a huge, you know, um, swing and a miss for MLS there. So let's talk about the additions to the on-field rules. Um, you know, when you have to make a substitution, you have 10 seconds to get off the field. I think that's fine, keeps the game moving. Um, you know, we don't have to have players pushing other players off the pitch to get the ball moving again and you know you know people just time wasting it's i mean a lot of this isn't an effort to reduce time wasting which i'm all for um and then the other one uh was you know the the, the they call it like they try to frame it in this way of like it's, we're worried about the players we don't want any injuries but to me when i read it it's like all right no flopping allowed like yeah. if you're hurt you're hurt and you're gonna go off the field and if you try and act like you're hurt and you're not hurt you're still gonna get essentially penalized for it by you have a minimum of two minutes you have to get off the field if you're down for more than 15 seconds so no more of this like i'm gonna roll around for 15 seconds and hope a call gets whatever or get you know the whistle gets blown or something it's like well if it does you're looking at two minutes minimum and and if that was a flop now your team is hamstringed so like you know i i like that instigation i like that rule um we'll see how it plays out obviously we have to see how these things are are uh, uh reality tested first but on paper they look good what do you think yeah i mean uh it, there, there is that there's definitely i think some uh in, ter in terms of the last rule that you're talking about um because that's what I'm reacting to more so, is there there can be some misinterpretation, and I feel like uh, that's where, um, yeah, you know, obviously we have some players that don't get every single call, and yeah, it was more so prevalent when we had uh, Marcelino Moreno and Luis Araujo, and yeah, you know, they would just get hacked down, and yeah, you know, it's like, okay, well, they stayed down because they didn't get the call, and now they're getting penalized when sometimes I feel like, yeah, you know, they, they, they stayed down because they weren't getting those calls that they felt like they should have been. And, uh, you know, I think we all know that refs are not infallible and they have definitely been, uh, uh, very error prone and, you know, that's, that's part of the game, but it is also, um, I think it's kind of letting them off the hook still. Like, refs, I think there, there's, there needs to be a little bit more uh, where they don't control so much. Because the whole two minutes, it's like, okay, well, you know, the fourth official is going to have to, you know, uh, handle that. And then uh, what if it's longer than that? Then, you know, <laughs> I think... Everyone has grounds to be pissed uh, because the next stoppage 
the next stoppage in in play like it it opens up some things that i don't know if they've actually completely thought about and uh you know, Listen, they see. tested all of this in MLS <laughs> right. Pro, so if, right. next, so of course it's gonna work. Right, and it's uh, yeah, that's what they claim anyway. And it's like, okay, well, you know, um, you know, we'll we'll say we'll say sure, but uh, you know, you have much savvier players. Okay, say, for instance, you have a Sergio Ramos <laughs> versus, say, uh, Miles Robinson, right? Like one player is going to be really good at knowing how to waste time and exploiting things. Miles Robinson, not really that versed in the dark arts. It's <laughs> there's there's going to be some things that uh, yeah players like Ramos will have thought about and you know will like Sergio Ramos is a player that uh, you know basically. It's on that level of, okay, uh, sure, there's some yellow card accumulation. Uh, he's going to strategically get a yellow in order to miss a certain match so that he will be available for a more important match. Like, it's stuff like that, you know. And, man, like, uh, some of the other stuff as well. Um, I think, yeah, it does make sense. The uh, head injuries, you know, that type of stuff uh definitely protection on that super important uh but in terms of uh yeah kind of like the gam tam stuff uh it gets into some level of stuff that just i don't think we need to get into uh it's fairly incidental i I believe at least from my reading so i don't think it's like again it wasn't the heavy hitting big uh financial revelations we were expecting so and i don't think it really matters too much Right. But uh, one of the interesting ones as well is the residency deadline. So for a player to be considered a domestic player uh, in a season, uh, his residency must be established or the player has to have appeared for an immigrant visa uh, visa, rather uh, interview by the opening of the secondary transfer window. And so, yeah, definitely like loosening up a little bit of that, I think, helps. Like that's a... Uh, a factor that's uh, definitely opens it up for us because we yeah, it, don't. It's hurt man in the past. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not a team that uh, always goes for just the American players or any of that. Like we have a fairly multicultural team, and uh, this definitely helps us. But uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think you know there's some good changes. We'll see what the ramifications are or consequences or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, are after these have been implemented. But Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to have my phone out when players go down and get that timer started. Yeah, right, exactly. And I'm going to see at 14 seconds that the guy pops up real quick. Mm-hmm. I wonder I mean, if they're going to practice that. Think about it. It's like in your mind, like, remember, you got 15 seconds. Uh-huh. You got to make that decision. Is this a real injury or not? <laughs> I'm sure after the first uh, week or two, uh, after it's been, you know, talked about a lot, that uh, yeah, that will probably get curbed a little bit. And so yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of flopping, in terms of uh, you know players rolling around for longer periods of time to uh, you know stop play when it's advantageous for the opposition, I get it, and you know, hopefully it does actually help curb that. But 
but yep, moving on from that uh, into the 2024 MLS Super Draft. Uh, I know many of us don't really, really care too much about it because we haven't drafted anybody really too significant uh, in quite some time, but probably but since. Reminder, we've gotten two really key pieces. Yeah. From the Super Draft in the past, so you never know. You never know, uh, although it is one of those things where uh, the, the level of player uh, available in the Super Draft now is a lot less. Uh, they are generally either signed to academies or, uh, you know, drafted into, uh, you know, kind of other leagues in USL and all that as well. So uh, it's, though... We have the first round pick of uh, number 19, and uh, we have some obvious needs uh, in some depth positions possibly for center back, goalkeeper, maybe uh, maybe a left back. Who knows? But uh, yeah, definitely it will be kind of uh, an interesting thing to see if we pick up of anybody of note, but it will be next Tuesday at 3 p.m. So, uh, but yeah, any, uh, any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on the Super Draft? trying to think who like what where the de i don't have the depth chart in front of me that we have currently but i mean depending how the center backs shake out we could perhaps get one there um from the super draft i mean again mls doesn't prioritize their defense typically so that's oftentimes where you'll see a lot of super draft people go so um unless you're miami and you grab Robbie Robinson and put him up top and then he's terrible for, for a long time and then you get Lionel Messi to play next so that was fun to see <laughs> exactly the, that's the thing yeah it's, uh, it's very hit or miss clearly and uh, yeah I feel like having a center back from the it, you just they're not gonna have enough uh, experience probably still to play in MLS nowadays so it's tough like it took Miles Robinson a couple years like I, I just don't I don't see and you're how... going up against Messi now I mean yeah. come on <laughs> yeah that's it's, yeah it's just not like uh we'll see we'll see how how relevant uh the super draft can be uh going forward but yeah probably probably not but uh, so anyway, that does it for the news, and it gets us into the mailbag, and you guys send in your questions through IG Story. Please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. So first question is, uh, let's see, lots of questions. Uh, Gusta Moraku, <laughs> what a name, uh, asks, is Guzan gone? And I think we uh, mentioned it earlier, but... Uh, yeah, still undecided. He's going to let us know in terms of not us specifically, obviously, but LA United. Uh, know if he is going to, uh, you know, uh, pretty much there's, a, I believe, a mutual option. But uh, yeah, Guzan, not gone yet. I know a lot of people want him to be gone, but uh, I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but do you feel like uh, the... I guess timeshare or uh, just a battle for the go starting goalkeeper spot uh, is the wisest move. I think so. With yeah, I just think it. Yeah, I think that's probably the wisest move. Um, you, like you kind of hinted at earlier, Josh still has some things to learn, and he can learn them from Brad Guzan. So having them, you know, maybe do fifty-fifty of the season 
Um, probably not a bad idea. Brad probably can't do a full season anymore. Um, maybe this will make him better um, because he can devote, you know, his powers to the games he does play in. Whereas Josh can pick up the slack when Brad is not there. So, and also maybe <laughs> be funny if Brad becomes like a cup cup goalie or something like that. Um, I mean, could definitely have worse goalies for cup games um, like US Open Cup and other things like that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, if, if it, they split it 50 50, I think that's probably where they're going to go. And I think I'm probably pretty fine with that. Like I said, Josh has still some things to learn. But I mean, he does come with a good amount of experience at a significant level. So, I mean, I I thought we may have gone a little younger, um, but I'm actually okay with it. I mean, I do pretty much want a goalie to be able to take over the reins, if not this year, next year, immediately, and to hit the ground running, be able to be a, a literal championship level goalie for us, because that's where we're aiming for. And you got to be on the same page with us. Yeah, I think there were years that we skewed a little too young. Obviously, Rocco Rios Novo, uh, and way yeah, too young. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, though, uh, you know, he did win a uh, you know a championship with Phoenix Rising, but I think ultimately, you know, that's that's a level that's below for obvious reasons. That uh, is not exactly quite what we want, but um, yeah. Next question comes from Smokey Karaoke. Love that name. Uh, is bringing Gressel home a priority for the front office slash Garth Lagerway? Um, I'm going to say no. I don't think we're going to go back to that well again. Um, uh, that And that's mostly because I think he's just going to ask for more than we're willing to pay. Um, and we're pretty good on pieces in the spots at Gressel. I mean, yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play multiple things, but um, in his prized position, I think we're pretty good on that right now. So it would be a little redundant for me. I mean, if, you know, who are you going to pick Brooks and Gressel to start then at that point? Um, and I don't think either one is would be happy with, um, you know, being on the bench as a second string. So... I, yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. It's also, yeah, I mean, uh, Gressel in the past, he's talked about uh, liking to play midfield, but I just don't see him as a central midfielder. Uh, like He's kind of always been more of a right wing back, and he has his defensive deficiencies, unfortunately. As much as we all love Julian Gressel, he, we, we exposed him. <laughs> we exposed him in... Uh, in our match, uh, you know, at the Benz against them, and he didn't start a game after that. Uh, yeah, obviously, there weren't a ton of games, but it, I think uh, Wolfred Nancy, he realized... They were, they were significant, important games. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's also a reason why he uh, was not uh, re-upped. They didn't pick up his option. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Okay, well... Uh, you know, you have a player that obviously has really good attributes and qualities, but is he a fit? Like you, not not a ton of teams play with wingbacks anymore uh, in this uh, in this modern game, and so uh, you know, like it's it's going to take a particular team that can utilize his talents, and 
you know, maybe it's Inter Miami. Like, uh, there's a bit of smoke that he might sign there. That would be very interesting. A reunion with Tata Martino. So, uh, yeah, that that would also suck. I don't want to see him there either. But yeah, it is what it is. If it if it happens, because uh, he would have just missed Joseph. Exactly. That would have been, you know, and maybe maybe they go somewhere in the West Coast where uh, they can link up again. Who knows? Uh, no go idea. join Eric Rometty in San Jose or something. They need help. Right. That, maybe LA Galaxy, or... Yeah, who knows? Who really knows? But um, I could maybe. see Gress on LA Galaxy. I don't think I'd see Martinez on LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Uh, I mean, I think Joseph Martinez does like a warmer weather spot, probably. And, uh, you know, flashy. So, yeah, possibly... But, um, yeah, uh, next question comes from Chambre Poppy. What away game do you want to see on the 2024 schedule? So, obviously, our, not obviously, maybe, uh, yeah, our uh, new schedule is going to be announced on December 20th. But, uh, so we have no idea what the games actually will be. But, I imagine uh, there will be some teams that we will uh see on the west coast that we haven't seen for some time uh, at least one season but uh yeah do you have any like would it be you know maybe portland would it be uh maybe uh you know maybe some one of the teams in texas maybe um, la i'd say first of all probably any team with turf uh would be acceptable for me because i get our guys essentially play well on turf so that would be okay by me so that's like a seattle you know um that would be good um i mean we hurt seattle seattle pretty badly last time we were there um i and also just like let's go get some scalps right like if we want to go after some big name teams in the west to make a statement you're gonna go after you know the the la teams um not so much portland anymore sorry portland seattle obviously like i said um yeah, Minnesota's kind of fall off a little bit. Um, but anyway, the big guys in the West. The, it, it would be fun to see us go up against the heavy hitters there um, and just take some scalps. We'll see if we can do it in, uh, on, in hostile territory. It's good practice. See different styles, play different teams. Um, I don't, like, yeah, you want to say, like, again, here's the thing. Yeah, we want to get maybe an easy schedule against our Western opponents, right? Like, you want to get low tier teams get easy three points come home etc right but i want to go for you know the championship next year and that means we have to be able to beat top teams regardless of what conference they're in so if we get put up against lafc or something like that like we did last season i want to go there and i want to win I want to see the proof with my own eyes, right? That we went to these hostile territories and we beat them. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see, oh yeah, we, we, you know, skated by with a one goal win against like, you know, the Whitecaps or something. Like that's, it's like, who cares? If yeah. you go there and beat LAFC then, it's like, all right, Atlanta's got something to say to the league right now. And that's what I want to be doing next season. Which uh, we played it at, uh, the LAFC stadium uh, name is escaping me right now for some reason, but uh, uh, the bank, yeah, Bank of California, or yeah, uh, either way, um, 
yeah, it's basically though, uh, so unlikely we would go to that one. I think we probably would be going to uh, Arcel Stadium, maybe, maybe uh, Houston Dynamo. But also, I mean, the way Chambray Poppy uh, mentioned this uh, question as well, I mean, I kind of geared it towards the West, but it could be a team in the East as well. And, uh, you know, Nashville always a good away day too. Uh, Orlando for some people, uh, not Air friends in Charlotte, another warm <laughs> visit. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I think for me, um, yeah, just a, a trip out to, to California would be fantastic. Uh, again, uh, you know, I think, uh, for, you know, LA galaxy, maybe, uh, seems like that might be an away game. That's, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's Carson city there and, uh, yeah, you know, I I kind of want a good warm away day and like actually go out there. So selfishly, I kind of want that. But <laughs> uh, next question comes from uh, KCT Photography. Uh, who will step up and lead this team moving forward? I'm assuming the captain is what he's saying. Yeah, if not Braguzan. Yeah, it's going to probably be Brooks Lennon. Um, I just think he's earned the spot. He seems to have grown into the role a bit. Um, there's a shout for Yakamakis. He just doesn't really have the seniority with the team, uh, the longevity that you really kind of need. Um, he's not just going to walk onto the team like Messi did and take the captain's armband when he ever shows up. But, um, you know, like, I mean, Yakamakis, don't get me wrong, he's definitely a leader. He's definitely a voice probably in the locker room and definitely on the field. We saw what he did when Zonde missed that uh, sitter last year um, or last season. Um, I mean, the guy's definitely got leadership capabilities. I mean, striker from European, you know, Celtic team that, you know, they've seen a lot of adversity and he's gotten through it. So, and in uh, the Dutch ever dies as well, you know, this guy's cut his teeth on some pretty hard rocks. So like, he has the capability of being a captain and maybe in the future that will be what happens. But I think at least right now, Brooks has earned it and he has the ability to do it. And I trust in his very capable hands, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's almost de facto probably at yeah. this point too, though, because uh, you look at, up and down the team, yeah, there hasn't been many players that have been on the team very long uh, after that. And, yeah, I mean, maybe the next person, uh, in terms of, I guess, importance and, you know, the player that probably would see the most minutes, I think that's the problem with Yakumakis is that he gets injured a good bit or gets yellow card accumulation. And so Brooks Lennon has been our most consistent player in terms of availability. And I think that goes a long way, too. So, uh, yeah, Brooks Lennon makes the most sense. Uh, maybe a Tristan Muyumba, maybe, in terms of importance, like as a player that maybe is part of the leadership group, possibly. But beyond that, all the other guys haven't been on the team very long. Slash, yeah, who knows who's going to be on the team. It's, yeah, that's yeah, It's interesting question. in soccer, they don't do, they don't do like in hockey, you have like assistant captains. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'd be, you know, I mean, if you talk about assistant cabs, I would definitely put Yakamakis on there. I would definitely put Tristan on there. So, right. mm -hmm. 
uh, or like vice captains, uh, I guess what they, they call it there. But um, yeah, let's see. In terms of, there's a lot of questions about how we can improve or win the MLS Cup next season or replace Miles. Win DP6. <laughs> DP6 or DP8, please. Right. Exactly. That's how it's done. Darlington right. Agby, he showed us the way. Mm-hmm. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah, we, we definitely. And so, yeah, we can answer that one. I, I think uh, that one, it, you know, we, we've talked about it, I think, a good bit. Uh, the central midfield role, the uh, you know defensive midfield role, very important. Um, it seems like Muyambo can fill one of them. Uh, you know, he, he's seemingly a little cross between a six and an eight. Uh, but you know, maybe maybe we do need a little bit of size in there, uh, just as kind of the, a different dynamic. And so, yeah, maybe more of a destroyer type of type would be actually, you know, a, a different look that we actually could really use, really utilize. But uh, as well, of course, uh, yeah, we need to kind of fill out the coffers in terms of depth. Because we are very late now, obviously, by the end of the season. I think we can find some, uh, you know, some good backups. Or at least, maybe not backups. Maybe in the way that uh, uh, Mikel Arteta with uh, Arsenal. Got got, got, a, got a reference in. There we go. Uh, but <laughs> the... Yeah, one every uh, episode. One every episode. But uh, calling them finishers. And I think it's... You know, it's a very awesome concept of making sure that uh, anybody who comes into the game feels the urgency and the uh, importance of the occasion. In which case, you're on the pitch to make a difference. And so, uh, not just, you know, it's not it's not basketball, it's not NBA where, you know, it's garbage time. Like, it's actually... You know, to finish games, sometimes you need players that can actually make a difference for you. So, and the poster boy right now for us is Edwin Muscara. Boy, did I not ever think I'd say that. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah, something we didn't speak on is, uh, yeah, they're playing in the uh, an international window to, uh, to a degree, pretty much some friendlies. And um, yeah, you know, uh, basically Muscara, uh, he's been getting on with uh, with Colombia and. Uh, you know, Tiago Mata, he's training. Is with it the first team of Colombia? It's the U, uh, I believe the U23s. 21, 21, yeah, okay. Maybe U21s, either way. Um, yeah, so he's uh, he scored a goal as well. It's, yeah, you know, it's good stuff. And, um, yeah, he's he's having a resurgence from uh, looking like he was left for dead a little bit when uh, he went out alone. So really great stuff from Mascara, for sure. You love to see it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, redemption arc yeah but uh but yeah that's the the last question there from the mailbag and uh yeah Great looking forward yeah, this week guys keep really them coming stuff. and uh yep uh we look forward to what you guys are gonna ask us next week but uh yeah that's pretty much the entire episode except for the question of the day and the question of the day is would you have preferred a bona fide starting keeper or are you okay with a battle for the goalkeeper spot like we are doing with Josh Cohen and possibly Braguzan? In which case, mostly it has been reported that uh, Braguzan probably will be fighting with him for the spot. So, yeah, definitely very interesting. We'll look forward to what you have to say in the comments below. But 
And guys. also tell AJ what you want for Christmas, and I'll do my best to make sure it happens. Uh, yeah, we're uh, I'm apparently uh, Santa AJ. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nope, uh, wish we had that kind of revenue. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so guys, and that's it for us today. Subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.